Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop Flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. Greetings. Welcome to Political Pursuits, the podcast. I'm Luann Anderson, and we are here today on what may be Texas Emancipation Day. Who knows? Stay tuned, boys and girls. It'll be uh, 2.30 this afternoon. Governor Greg Abbott will be speaking on the steps of the Capitol to tell us if indeed we are free at last, free at last, or some semblance of that. Meanwhile, though... um, Just to remind you, this is Political Pursuits, the podcast. So excited to have you here. And please remember that everything as we go through talking about today, we'll have it on our Facebook page. I hope you will like and share Political Pursuits, the podcast, at Political Peace Suits on Facebook, as well as Twitter, at Political Peace Suits. You got a question, got a comment, something to share, please email me at politicalpursuitspod at gmail.com. Also, Just note that we are on all the most popular platforms that uh, are out there for for listening to to podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Also are on Podchaser, Podcast Addict, CastBox, CastBox, and Deezer. So hope you will check us out there. Meanwhile, I am excited because this is going to be a first for political pursuits. We like we have gotten a little bit sidetracked like many other things have over these last weeks and have not been able to have guests on. But today I have the great pleasure of welcoming my former co-host on another radio program as well as dear friend and in fact I would put dear friend first in the rankings Save of the things. Best for last. There you go. I've got CJ Grisham here with us today. CJ, welcome to Political Pursuits the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and to actually see your great setup here. It's very comfy. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with how how it's come out. Yeah. So, um, this table actually came from my parents' house in Austin many, many years ago, and it sat in a warehouse in Waco for two decades, if you can believe wow. that. And so it came out with a little bit of rehabbing, and yeah, so we've we've got a nice little setup here. Did y'all put some elbow grease into it and uh, restain it and all that. Yeah, although it it really did not need as much once you got the first fifteen coats of dust <laughs> off of it, and I think that that dust may have at a point kind of provided a, co- a protective coating, right, right, <laughs> so that the finish was somewhat protected. But anyway, yeah, it's all come together well, and hopefully this will be the first of many times, and we're gonna. And get some of our other friends in here too as we come out of a shut shutdown panic 
Well, so I, I tell me what that, you've been doing here over these last months, too. Yeah, I know a lot of people have been missing your voice on, on the air, so this is good for uh, those people who want to follow what you're up to. But uh, since since I left the show, the uh, Logic Nation that we did, I uh, went to law school. I've uh, We didn't initially talk about where I was going, but I went to Virginia. And one of the reasons I did that was to kind of get away from all the distractions here. I, I needed to focus because I wanted to be a good attorney. Um, so I, uh, I go to the Appalachian School of Law, which is a, uh, a small private law school out in the Appalachian Mountains. Beautiful little town of Grundy, probably not much bigger than Troy uh, in total, but right there in the mountains. So it, it's a little claustrophobic coming from Texas where you can see for miles. Right, yes. Um, and it's a little cold in the winter being up in the mountains. I bet. But the hiking and all that is just great. Oh, and pictures so, you've seen have been beautiful. Oh, I just, it, it, it is beautiful. And it, and it's interesting because I went to Virginia because I figured if I'm going to go to law school and I'm going to go outside of the state, I want to go somewhere that's pro-gun. Well, the irony is that uh, a month after I get there, of course, what does Northam do is he starts passing all these bills. So um, that's been fun. I got to go and to you Virginia. you don't think that is the universe saying, CJ, <laughs> CJ, your path. Exactly. <laughs> it can't be escaped I, coming to Virginia. Can't. Everywhere I go. And so um, it's, it's interesting, though, because, you know, I, everybody knows me as Open Carry Texas founder and the Open Carry guy. And um, there's an organization called OpenCarry.org that uh, keeps all the laws around the entire country. Well, he's an, the guy that founded that is an attorney. And lives like 50 minutes from where I'm going to law school. So I've been able to talk to him. Fun, yeah. And he does, he does uh, gun defense, you know, does uh, as an attorney. He does gun rights stuff. And so I've been able to learn a lot from him. So it's, it's been a really good experience. And then going to Richmond with 25, 26, 30,000 other people, patriotic Americans, and then seeing sort of the nonsense way in which Governor Northam managed all of that. But that's what I've been up to. Okay, yes. okay. Virginia now, Law School. Now, Virginia has no open carry. They do. And oh, do it's they? unlicensed okay. open carry. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, you can even carry into a bar. It, it's kind of weird. You you can carry into a bar. You can drink. But if you're drinking, you can't open carry. Okay. <laughs> Somehow that makes so it So once you order that beer, you got to go get rid of the gun. Right. But Virginia also doesn't have bars. And so the weird way, they're not allowed to have bars. So the weird way they get around it is... I didn't is a, realize it was a desert. It seems like it. But they have... A, so, for example, in Grundy, there's one bar, and I'm using air quotes. Right. And it's at a Mexican restaurant where they've got a section sectioned off with the bar. Yeah. But it's a Mexican restaurant. And that's how they kind of get around that. do they have that. pubs or taverns nope. or... Nope. Interesting. It is. It's it, Virginia is very weird. Everything legally there is... I do not want to... I do not envy anyone... That practices law in Virginia. I guess if you grow up with that, it's different, but it's it's weird. Very very being a commonwealth. Yes. So. Well, how has the lockdown been there? Because obviously, you came home from school early due to the virus right. lockdown. Your campus shut down. So yeah, we initially went to like a hybrid program where if people didn't feel comfortable coming to school, um, they could they did both in class and online. And then that shifted to just online. And once I realized that we weren't going to be going back uh, to any type of in-person, which I prefer, I prefer in-person in instruction right. for some reason. And once I realized we weren't going to do that, and I also found out they were going to lock down the state as well, um, 
I talked to my dean, made sure that, you know, that, yeah, we're not going to be going back to classes most likely. And then bolted home before I got stuck in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Since you could do the rest of everything here. Right. For but really life. all the problems are out east. I, I Up in the up in the mountains, nobody's getting the, I think they just finally now after how many months, their, their first potential case right. of COVID in the area where I was, so. Well, that was an article that I talked about last week um, here on the, the podcast, talking about how if you took New York, New York City, downstate New York, which represents about 12 million people, if you took that out of our mix regarding the virus, that the United States as a whole would drop dramatically what did it go from yeah it went well it was a he was talking about just five counties in in the southern portion of the state but we went from if you if you separate downstate new york as its own state or its own country right if you just take it as yeah because that population is equivalent to the population of some of those countries in europe right it actually uh quadruples the rate of the worst country, which is Spain right now, just if you separate out New York. And then the United States goes from number seven to, uh, I mean, it drops down to number 14. Yeah. Just by removing New York by itself. Right. And of course, the New Yorkers are upset because the upstaters are like, this isn't a New York problem. This is a New York City problem. Exactly. Exactly. And I think you're seeing that same sentiment coming forward across the country. As you said, your folks in there in Virginia where you were, they've been largely unaffected by this. There's areas of Texas that have been unaffected or near unaffected. We're kind of in one of those mid-range type, type counties when it comes to looking at Texas as a whole. Right. However, when it comes to looking at the rest of the United States, even the incident rate that we're having here in Bell County is rather uneventful. Yeah, it's just Dallas, I think, is really the only place in Texas that's having a big issue with the, the COVID thing. And, and even then, comparatively, it's not that bad, even just in Texas. And uh, we want to get into some um, some information that you and I both independently viewed over the weekend and talk about some of that with regard to lockdown versus non-lockdown and what's the best course there. But before we do that, there was just one other thing that's been circulating about. Peter Navarro was out on a lot of the talk shows over the, the last few days, and I think he's he's an interesting guy, and he can definitely be a lightning rod, but I think he's an interesting guy. And he's been talking about that this virus, that we know that it kills people. Yes. We know that. Nobody's arguing that. But he's a, he's a numbers guy. He's a financial guy. And he's like, we can't lose sight of what it's doing economically. However, when we look at the economic costs, it's not just about numbers of workers in factories, numbers of businesses that are opening their doors. There are some other other things that go with that. Things like when you have economic disruption, that it kills in and of itself, not just businesses per se, but also that we see dramatic rates in things like suicide rates, mm-hmm. death to opioids, uh, death due to alcoholism, death due to cor- comorbidity increases, and things like diabetes, which seems to be definitely a factor in a lot of these COVID-19 
um, cases, we see that we're seeing more divorces. We see more kids in poverty. There's all sorts of things. And he goes on, and he's always, he has shared the president's criticism of China for, you know, historically. And one of the things that he has been touting, and this is what I really wanted to share with people, is he calls China, he talks about China having perpetrated what he calls the four kills. The four kills. The first kill is that China effectively declared war. They spawned the virus. The most likely explanation is that it came out of this biological weapons lab, probably by accident, but who really knows? What's undisputable is the fact that they are the source of the virus and they spawned it directly, indirectly, purposefully or not. And that has been the what he calls the first kill of four. Now, I, on, on that on that note, I uh, was listening to a doctor. This video was sent to me. It was an interview with another doctor. Uh, he's a biologist and an immunologist and a virologist as well. He was saying also that the NIH, it, you know, there was a moratorium in the 90s on funding um, things like Ebola research because they were trying to make these strains more virulent, uh, virulent in order to combat in case there was a more virulent strain. So, and the government finally realized this is dumb. Why are we going to create stronger strains of the virus? And so they banned this kind of research. Why would you unless you were planning to use exactly, it? Exactly. And so the NIH, under the direction of Fauci, um, sent billions of dollars to China to research in this very same lab where they say that this thing came from. And now this is a doctor that I don't know what his conspiracy leanings are. I don't know a lot of his history. I just watched the video. He's very uh, knowledgeable. But the fact that Fauci is the one that is sort of heading all of this and he had his finger in that because he was head of it. There were some whistleblowers um, at the time. Well, it sounds like they just contracted out that. That's all they did was contracted it out because it was illegal for them to do it here. So they paid the Chinese to do it. And that's possibly what led to what we're at, where we're at right now. Well, because there's been, there's been other reporting that's talked about how that the United States has sent money over to this lab in just the last recent years, last two or three years, you know, and then you've got the Bill Gates connection there. (laughs) There is a lot of conspiracy fodder. Yes. But I always go back to that truth is stranger than fiction. And especially these days. Absolutely. And I don't think we can just ignore all of this and especially when that's one of the things about this show that I, I always like we talk about the gamesmanship we talk about the fact that a lot of these things are trackable when you look back and see things that have happened when we look back now and look at all the Russian collusion yeah, and all of that you can almost map out how it was now does that make it a conspiracy uh, by some definitions when it's something that is so obviously orchestrated and calculated. And this is what Navarro is saying here about these Chinese kills. Number one, they spawned the virus. That allowed them then to, number two, hide the virus Mm -hmm. for like six weeks. Not only did they hide the knowledge, but during that time they allowed people from Wuhan and other Chinese to fly all over the world. 
They came to New York. They came to Detroit. They were going to Milan. It was corresponded with the Chinese New Year. So that even caused more traffic. Right. But it also provided a nice cover for those who have a little more suspicious bent to their minds. So anyway, the kill, the second kill was that they hit it and dispatched people. And so that was the second harm. Number three comes from while they were hiding the virus all over the world, they were also busy. They were going all over that same world buying up PPE. Yes. They were buying up this equipment. Two billion masks alone. China at the behest of the Chinese Communist Party. Let's not lose. Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company. The only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop Flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. Ah, feel the woe with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now, only at BJ's. Is that? We always need to keep reminding people of who China is. It's not, yes. it's not the Chinese that we necessarily counter or that even Trump is trying to minimize. It's the communists. It's the Communist Party. Yes. yes. I mean, that's what I do some freelance work for the Epic Times, which was founded by people, Chinese immigrants who fled the country, uh, many of them shortly after Tiananmen Square. They call it the CCP virus the Chinese Communist Party virus. Yes, that's probably more accurate. Yes, yeah, yeah. Why why unfairly tag a a region or a, you know, particular area Wuhan when that just happens to be where the lab was. Right. That doesn't make everybody who lives in Wuhan a villain. Yep. But most anybody connected <laughs> with the Chinese Communist Party, well, you know, it's bad to paint with broad brushes, but sometimes they work. So, we have now this third kill. Yeah, there you go. There we have the third kill, that they came in there and they were vacuuming up all this PPE. And now the fourth and final, they're hoarding these supplies. Yeah. They're hoarding these supplies and or they are parceling them out with their goodwill that they've been trying to use to rehab their image in the, the throes of this. But they're also selling these things, and they're selling them at a premium. There's 30, 40, 50 cent masks that are generally available for purchase. They're selling them to hospitals here for 7 and $8. So that's your fourth kill. So that's how calculated this is. And, and you have to wonder, too, why, the, the, why we even need to rely on China for the production of simple 30 cent masks. Yeah. And we well, need to bring back manufacturing to this country well and i think that the advantages that could once be argued 
for that dependence have evaporated over the years. And so now there will be some a strong, strong looks at the need. I mean, if this hadn't proven to us the vulnerabilities right. that we have in a situation like this and, oh, no, the oh, no, that can't happen. Well, yes, it can. And we can argue exactly what it is that's happened and how critical it is. But nonetheless, it has thrown our country right. into the biggest chaotic mess that has ever happened in you or I's lives and probably ever will. Well, and, and I hope what that results in is a look at all this government regulation that forced all this manufacturing out of the country to begin with. Yes. The extreme cost to manufacturers. I mean, look at what's going on in the oil industry right now. That It's not necessarily a problem that the price dropped. The problem is government regulation. You know, the government is still taking its taxes out of that barrel of oil. Who's eating up the, the loss? The oil companies are. Right. And they're still having to jump through all these hoops and, and pay the government. So, you know, that negative $30 barrel of gas, well, the government still gets its taxes off of that while they have to eat the losses. Well, and back to that gamesmanship point, isn't it interesting that Saudi Arabia and Russia started getting into their little, you know, what type contest over the prices of oil and the, the production of oil right when this yes. pandemic was hitting? Yep. And again, timing. Yep. You can you can you can just you can only argue that coincidence thing so many times. Right. So, but anyway, and as we talk about kind of the the idea that government that we need to be watching them in terms of of these type of economic issues, I think that this is something which has been a theme in certainly more conservative political type people. This mistrust of government but this has certainly offered a lot of opportunity to kind of second guess that as well and one of the things we talked earlier about governor abbott's going to be making an announcement this afternoon regarding texas status with these lockdowns but over the weekend both you and i had a chance to look at some video that was released by a dr dan erickson and dr arton masihi who owns some urgent care facilities in Kern County, California. Yes. Now, Kern County is basically the county in which Bakersfield sits. And they gave a news conference that ran about an hour. It was, as far as I'm concerned, it was fascinating. It was fascinating to me, too. And I'm, I like numbers, but I don't like listening to people talk about numbers. But I really like that. Yes. And I think, you know, one of the, I mean, they had so many points. And jump in here with what you said, but... The main thing that Dr. Erickson kept, kept one of his themes was there are millions of cases, but there are small numbers of death. Right. And what's happening is that now as the government, you know, test, 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 that's kind of been the bandwagon here. Now, PPE was it for a while, but now test, test, test. We got to have all these tests. Right. Well, we're having all these tests. And after these models have already shown themselves to be so unreliable, now this testing is actually only adding to the idea that those models so missed the mark because what yeah. this testing is showing is that there are far more numbers of people with the antibodies that are popping up in populations. These guys have done their own testing, about 5,000 patients there within their 
their clinics, which they own seven clinics there in Kern County. They were taking some of their information, or at least their starting point was their own testing, but they were taking and comparing it to numbers throughout the country. And throughout the world. And the testing is showing, I mean, we had the headlines last week out of New York that one in five New Yorkers probably have been infected, it looks like now. Right. And so, But you don't see one in five New Yorkers in the hospital. Right. Nowhere near that. Right. And even the projections that we had have been so steadily scaled down. And so as that's gone on, the models have come more into into play and the conspiracy comes in there too, that IHME model, which I can't remember exactly what those initials are, but it's out of the university in Washington. Mm-hmm. That whole operation seems to be largely funded by Bill Gates. Well, it's the whole thing about the, the video, and I really urge everybody to go out and watch that video i'm sure you put it on your facebook it's on uh it's all over the place and we'll the, have it up on on um political pursuits here after after this yeah it, done. one of the one of the things that i found interesting is that you know initially and the, the media actually the media is what i found when they were questioning the doctors after they'd given their presentation and their presentation was not a an opinionated presentation they they had the data they were explaining the data they were extrapolating the data uh, for their state, for the country, uh, for the world. And so they, the media was sitting there trying to get them to say that everybody else is wrong and they're right. Well, how is it that you're right and everyone else is wrong? You're, and they, they kept trying to make the point that we're not saying that anybody's right or anybody's wrong. We would have done the exact same thing in the very beginning as what has been done. But once the data has come out, now we don't have to worry about the fear of the unknown because we now know. And and they're saying that it's not right or wrong. Isn't it interesting, however, that what we're finding is popping up independently yes. in other parts of the country with other populations that are, are dissimilar in that in Kern County, I've never been there, but I would imagine of a part of California, they probably have less dense living than other parts of California. But they're having the same results as the one in five in New York City, and where that testing's coming from is some of the most densely populated areas of our country. Right. And so we're having the same types of numbers come, so should that not tell us something? And he also, one of his other themes was that lockdown versus non-lockdown did not produce statistically different numbers of deaths. That was the, the big, that's what really like raised my eyebrows was when he talked about that. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll, well, and he, and he said that it, it emphasized that the decisions going forward need to be based on data, not models. Right. Which you hear these folks up there in D.C. always talking about, we're going to be data-driven. We're going to be data-driven. I'm so tired of hearing that phrase. <laughs> All the governors are parroting it. Everybody's data-driven. But at the same time, they still, the next breath, they'll go back and say, but the models say we're going to hit our peak on May 8th. Right. Is that the model that's been wrong? It's the rhetoric model. Yeah, yeah. They're going off the rhetoric model. Yeah. And, and, and Erickson warns that he says the real danger is not lifting these restrictions because if you don't, you need to lead to lift the restrictions and reopen the hospitals 
or you're going to end up having people, as we've talked about, not coming to the hospitals despite having illnesses or situations. And he says failure to reopen is going to keep those people out of the hospitals and their situations can then culminate into something far more serious, if not a fatality. And that that is also going to set up the hospitals for all new challenges in being in being having all this influx of patients to have to deal with, which is what we were supposedly trying to avoid in the beginning with the lockdown. Right. Because the lockdown is, as the the doctors talked about, and these are virologists. I mean, this is what they do. Yes, this is their specialty, and. They made the point that, you know, what we're doing right now is we're weakening the entire country's immune system. Correct. And when we finally get to go out there, now I've been going out there and I, I don't wear a mask except to make fun of people. Uh, you know, I, I bought one that, uh, and I don't make fun of everyone just because obviously some people need to be wearing masks because they're more susceptible than others. And I get that you have to protect yourself. But um, the, the fact is we're going to have people going out once this lockdown is over and their immune systems are going to be lowered. And, you know, I haven't, I haven't changed anything about my life other than the fact that the places I want to go are closed. Right. So, I mean, it's been forced on me, but if I want to go out, I go out. If I want to go for a bike ride or a walk, I go for a bike ride or walk. If I want to go to the store, I go to, well, a store that's open. Right. If I can find yes. it. Um, because I've, I recognized this early on, and this is something that um, my wife and I had some early disagreements about, about how I, I, I guess you could say I treated it lightly, but my light treatment of it was just an understanding that these things, viruses need immunities. And unfortunately, some people handle viruses differently. I've, I've never had any issue with the flu. When I get the flu, it's a bad cold for me. Some people, when they get the flu, they die. And it's just the way it is. I have a very, very strong immune system. I think I ate a lot of dirt as a kid or paint chips or something. Well, and as we have, have said that there isn't a one-size-fits-all for the country. Right. Every state has different situations, and they need to be able to customize. I think people need that same latitude, and that's where I would much prefer us as individuals have that opportunity to make those decisions, be it than the government telling us. Right now, I've been staying a little closer to home than usual because I have this stupid infection that I've been fighting for a number of months. It's really gotten me down, and I'm on a new protocol trying to get it up, mm -hmm. but I feel like if there ever was a time that my immune system could be at a lower point, it's been in these last few weeks. Right. And so this definitely is not the time, the point in history yeah, to go out and push it. But at the same time, I'll sit here every day and say, let's get those businesses reopened. Because I know there's plenty of people that are in perfectly fine shape to go out. And I want them to be out there doing it. Because you know what? I'm going to come skulking into that store here and there. And I will have my mask on. Yeah. But that's okay. I'm going to come in there. I went to Tuesday morning the other day and bought, spent $25 on stuff that I didn't need. But they were open. And it was like... But let me ask you I'm this. I'm going to go when, support them. When you went out, did you put a mask on because the government told you to? No. Yeah, because you knew what was best for you. And yes. that, what I like to, so th these videos, there's. And there's... also, I happen to have very fashion forward masks, which if anyone's <laughs> interested in them, they can go to misfitliving.com and find some really cute masks made by a little mask maker out in California. <laughs>
No, no connection there. No, 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 no. Just by yeah, coincidence, last name Sanders. I, I like the end of their second video. These doctors that we're talking about, where um, it, it's kind of off. They finished the interview. This is sort of like an off-camera interview yeah. kind of thing. He's, well, I think that was still some of the press, and they're trying yeah. to bait them. The last ninety seconds was gold because yes. he, he he said it perfectly. He says, "Do you know what's best for you, or does the government know what's best for you?" Do we really, and this is what I've been trying to tell everybody, do we really need the government telling everyone to protect themselves? No, just give us the information that there's a virus out there. You know, we're not, sh when, when, there's, when it's flu season, we don't shut everybody down. And, right. the de and I'm not comparing the flu to the, to the, the Chinese Communist Party virus. I'm, uh, I'm saying that both viruses have their own lethality rates and they're similar, but we don't shut everything down. And who knows better? I, you know, my wife, she's a lot more diligent about spraying stuff down. When I come back in the house from going to the store or wherever, she makes me take off my shoes and she sprays my shoes with Lysol in case right. germs got on the, I'm not that picky about it, but that's what she, she didn't need the government to tell her to do that. Exactly. We you have wipes to... in the car. Yeah. We wipe off that. I know. Make sure wipe off the steering wheel, things like that. We wipe off our hands. We walk in here. The first thing we do is go to the sink, wash our hands yes. real well. We've got paper towels there on the counter. And I mean, because inside our house, I'm not that concerned about things being there. But when we bring things in, we're yeah. just mindful. But, yes, we don't need the government telling. We're not following any government protocols doing that. We're just doing what makes sense to us. And I've got this little pocket Purell keychain that I've been carrying around because whenever I go places and I put my debit card in the machine, I know that people have touched that machine before mm -hmm. I did, putting in their PIN right. numbers. So I use my Purell. I don't need the government telling me to do that. Right. I just need the government to tell me, okay, there's, there's a problem. You know, protect yourselves. And when the government is saying that it's fine to go to Home Depot. Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company. The only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com. And enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop Flatware. Manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. Ah, feel the woe with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now, only at BJ's. Oh, and grocery stores, but mom and pop shop down the road, you can't open. I, when those things are happening, I'm just, there's just a lack of logic that it, it, begs to be questioned. And we just had a rally down in San Antonio. And I mean, just going off of the, 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 the government aspect of this. And it was more of a, it was an open the government rally, but it was also to protect the Alamo because um, we, we don't want them using this COVID thing as a, a, a to, to kind of secretly while everybody's not supposed to be out. And San Antonio's got some very draconian 
rules I've down heard, there. Yes. Well, the uh, the mayor in a in an interview was telling the the radio host because nobody was issued citations, even though they were closer than six feet apart. Most people weren't wearing their masks. They were violating the uh, no more than ten people rule. I think there were about 150 people. But he says it was through his grace that anyone wasn't cited. Oh. Yeah. That's, so that's a small word, but boy, does it not say, does it not um, convey a big, big message? But he also said, and this is the, the kicker part. This, yeah. Those people, this is the quote, those people are used to wearing masks like they are late for a Klan meeting. So. Got any bias there, buddy? Yeah, yeah. So that's the mayor of San Antonio anyway. And that's what's so important because one of the things that I find frightening, and we'll wrap this up and, and pick up on the other side talking a little more about Texas, but is that I think that this entire ordeal has exposed us as being more a nation of sheep than I would like. Yes, I agree. And Mark Levin had a, a real interesting write-up on, on some of that the other day. But there seem to be people that are just so mindlessly falling in line and while these type measures that they're falling in line for one could argue that oh but what's the harm well there is a lot more harm and we're going to be talking about that but that people are that gullible is of as a concern and one of the things that I really appreciated from these two doctors is that they said we are talking about reality we are talking, the numbers we are talking about are people who have walked in our door. We, we know these people. These yeah. are people we've treated over, over years in some cases. We're, expand, we're basing our views on reality. With all due respect to those folks in D.C., they're academics. They're academics. And yep. that says a lot, it a does. whole lot. And it doesn't mean that they're wrong. It doesn't mean that they don't have viable points of view. But understand those are the difference. And when everybody says the data, the data, the data, why don't we look at the data that's based in actuality rather than the data that's based on theoretical models, right. many of which over the last weeks have been shown to be incorrect. Grossly One incorrect. other last point that the doctor was making was that he said, and I love this guy too, he really started riffing there at the end. He is a yeah. liberty-loving guy. He is. Yes. Oh, it was, yes. And for the medical community, that's a breath of fresh air. Oh, totally, totally. And I mean, and he was just saying it without pause and without, yep. it was second nature to him. It was so refreshing. But one of the things he said was every time you hear the government say the word safe, they're going to keep you safe. They want to provide safe environments. He said, you realize what that word means. Safe equals control. Yes. The government that's keeping you safe is the government that's saying, I need to control you in order to come up with our desired outcome. Reminds me of that Ben Franklin, Liberty Over Security quote. Exactly. And with that, you know what? We're going to go to break. We'll be right back on the other side. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's happening specifically here in Texas. So this is... Political Pursuits, the podcast. I'm Lou Ann Anderson, joined today by C.J. Grisham, and we will be right back. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. 
Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters. Political Pursuits, the podcast. I'm your host, Lou Ann Anderson, here today with C.J. Grisham. We are so glad to have you here. And remember, we've been going through some interesting articles talking about these doctors out in California and some of the other numbers that are associated with this. All of those things are going to be up on Facebook on our uh, page, which is at Political Pursuits, same as Twitter. And also, you can email us at politicalpursuitspod at gmail.com. Now, as we've talked about what's happening kind of from a national standpoint, the idea that uh, lockdown versus non-lockdown, there's some numbers coming out showing that perhaps the lockdowns aren't as effective as our government leaders have led us to believe Certainly, there's a lot of rumblings going on. People are tired of this, and in Texas, that definitely is the case. We've seen a lot of protests. We've seen some businesses going ahead and reopening, some of them quietly, some of them with uh, a lot of, of attention, like our gal up in Dallas with the hair salon. And I'm, and I'm watching during the break. I was watching a uh, live video of a, one going on right now as well. Right. Well, and I mean, Texans definitely are weighing in. They're not happy that we continue to be closed down. We're seeing all sorts of economic destruction that has been far, far more critical and harmful to Texans than anything that's happened so far with this virus. Certainly, you know, God bless the people. Condolences for the losses of people who have have lost loved ones. We're not in any way minimizing that. But at the same time, there also needs to be some very serious consideration to what's happening to other Texans. And that's where we are now. Governor Abbott will be speaking Monday afternoon, 2.30, on the state capitol grounds. And uh, that will be watched very closely. He's been under a lot of, of, of criticism over the last few weeks for having taken what some, myself included, think is a rather tepid response to this. So I don't think today's going to be throwing the doors open, which never should have necessarily been the case, but it doesn't mean that there aren't lots and lots of opportunities to start loosening things. Well, and we really need to because I had gotten the uh, the numbers from, uh, I think it was Empower Texas that sent these Correct. out. but. The unemployment numbers from February 22nd until today are more than a thousand percent increase. They went from, uh, I'm sorry, not a thousand, a hundred percent, a hundred times increase from 7,000 in February 22nd to over 365,000 last week. Yeah. Now totaling 1.7 million unemployment claims, which that's against up against nationally. 26 million. All so we have April. nearly 2 million. 
Yeah. And it's every week in April has been over 300,000 jobless claims when we were, we were barely at a, at, we were, we were at 6,000 before this thing kicked off right. the first week of March. Yeah. yeah. We're at the record lows. Yes. Yeah. yeah. At this point, more than 10% of the state's working age adults are unemployed. And the only time we've seen anything comparable to that was back in October 1986, which was when we had that other stock market yep. semi-crash, um, and it hit 9% at that point. So we are now at a record high. And you talked, you, you alluded to and talked about earlier the second and third order effects of what this does. When you've got this lockdown, um, you know, people are at home instead of at work. You've got... Uh, I read a, a story about increases in child abuse mm-hmm. right now Yes, of uh, children being taken from the homes. Now <laughs> uh, I, I kind of get it cause I'm sure I'm getting on my wife's nerves and she'd probably like to beat me every now and then too, because she's not used to me being around all the time. And I'm not used to being home all the time. I'm used to being out doing something, but you know, forcing people, we, we are a very sociable people. We, we aren't good at being stuck in, like hermits. It's not good mentally. It's not good physically. And it's definitely not good for our relationships. We have, you know, we're, we're very sociable people. Well, and in some cases you have to think about the living quarters in which people have, which there's nowhere to go right now here in the house that my husband and I share, we're sitting here where we are. You've been back doing some work back in the office area that we have here. Much of the day he stays back there. I stay in here. You each have your timeout rooms. (laughs) <laughs> That's exactly right. And I sometimes I'm in here actually doing something productive or as productive as I get. Other times I may just be in here watching TV, playing around on the computer. But we part ways and then we come back together at a point yeah. and we have new things to talk about. We've texted with different people, talked to people on the phone, things. And so you go on. Other people, I understand, do not have that luxury and... That's why I have tried through all this to stay mindful of my experience isn't what other people. Right. We don't have kids. We have two greyhounds who are relentless about wanting a walk now almost <laughs> every hour. And, and they're getting used to that now. Yes, yes, yes. We have created several new monsters through this. But, you know, people that do have kids. I mean, I saw in Spain today, they are now allowing kids to go outside for an hour to play. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's one of the things that at least this happening here for and for us in Texas, other parts of the country haven't been as fortunate, but for us having the moderate weather we do, even when the kids have been off out of school, we've generally had nice weather so that people who do have yards or, yeah. you know, live in neighborhoods where there's outdoor space that the kids can go enjoy. That at least is some type of release. You know, I go, Emily and I have gone for years to, uh, locally, we've got the Pepper Creek Trail uh-huh. down there. And we, we go on that trail all the time. They The city recently built a Frisbee golf course there. So Chris and I play uh, Frisbee golf. I have never seen so many people on that trail as I have during this lockdown. Right. <laughs> it's, yes. So that's a good thing. I hope people keep that up. It but... is. And unfortunately, we've seen some cities that have come in and cordoned off those areas. Yeah. And I understand 
the encouragement, the strong encouragement of try to maintain some degree of social distancing. It's the same as when you're in the grocery store. You don't have to come up just right behind somebody. You can just let somebody have a little more space. For me, that's very difficult because I walk fast. I move fast. I'm the same way. If somebody, But I also don't like people right behind me, so I kind of like this. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so there's that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but we see lots of different things that are going on here. Um, talk a little bit. You've been following that thing with the gal in Dallas, right? Yes. So, yeah, so Dallas has got that rule where they've got pretty much everybody shut down. And um, Shelly Luther, I think is her name, she owns a uh, hair salon up there. And Salon a la mode. And so this weekend she decided that she was, and I was watching this live. Uh, uh, some of my friends went up there and we uh, supported her with an open carry rally there in case. I, I've, I've noticed that when uh, we show up as an open carry activists, that a lot of people are on their P's and Q's and people don't get arrested as much. They don't get cited as much. It's kind of a weird phenomenon. But anyway, <laughs> funny how that happens. We, uh, so, so I was watching a live stream with one of my friends up there and she opened up in spite of, uh, the, or despite the rules up there for them to open and the police showed up and the fire marshal showed up. I don't know what it is they cited her for, but they told her flat out, Look, you're not doing anything criminally. We can't arrest you or anything, but oh, here's your, you know, we're required to give you a citation for violating the order. And uh, today or yesterday, I think it was yesterday, um, she was on camera again. She had opened up and there's lines. There's a line outside of her. And I can tell you, I went to a friend to get my haircut because I was scraggly. I hadn't gotten a haircut since December when I came home. And so uh, Emily couldn't take that, but she's doing it right. She she ripped up the citation, uh, or no no it was the uh, she didn't rip up the citation the the uh, county commissioner the judge sent her a cease and desist order this weekend, and so she went on camera and ripped up the cease and desist order, and this is exactly what I I hope she's able to encourage other people to do this because while she's she's subjecting herself to some civil penalties I think if she goes to court there is a very good argument on her behalf that she can beat this. And uh, I, I wish more people would do that, would just, and, and she's doing it the right way. She's doing it responsibly. I mean, I don't know if it's right or, but it's right for her. Right. She's keeping her uh, customers six feet apart. She, before they come into the salon, she's checking their temperature to make sure they're not asymptomatic of anything. Um, so uh, she's following every protocol that would help to assure or, or give give better opportunity right. for her and her employees, as well as the patrons coming in there to have a safe experience. Right. And what was great about, so before Virginia shut down all the law schools, and well, all the schools in Virginia, what our dean instituted when we were still doing sort of the hybrid classes. It Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop flatware, manufactured in the United States. 
They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. Is they only had one entrance open that everybody, all the students and faculty had to come in through. And there, was, there were two nurses that were there. So the school had hired two nurses or, I don't know, contracted or something. And to come in, you would have your temperature scanned you would sign in a sheet and you would get a stamp for the day and that stamp on your hand showed that you'd been checked and therefore she ensured that everybody coming into school was still safe and right and that's that's rather a stamp than a card yeah yeah true (laughs) but it's just you know it was just for the day just to show that if you're walking around campus that you're somebody that's not uh that's been checked out and you're you're not going to spread anything or at least hopefully right and that's what she's doing up there in dallas is she's trying to do it the right way or at least the most responsible way great. she can think yes of, yes while also standing up for her rights and by the way she's a musician i didn't realize this she's also a musician in a band called crush okay uh when i was doing some research on her i and she's actually a pretty good singer but she's also a, a much better patriot yes so. yes well and i mean and i think that's that's what's so important those are the people who really set forward an important example because it's easy to be the hothead and well to hell with Greg Abbott. I'm going to go open my business and screw him. I'm going to go do it. And that's how I would do it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope the cameras aren't rolling on you then. (laughs) But, but, but seriously, somebody who's saying I have the right to do this, but I'm not an idiot. Right. I'm, I'm not an idiot. Because I, number one, want to protect my business because nobody wants the legal liability of people coming in there and getting sick. But number two, I'm a decent person who wants to protect both my employees and my customers. And she's not doing this for money. I I read, I watched an interview again, my, one of my buddies interviewed her and she, so she owns the salon. Yes. But what she does is she leases out the chairs to stylists. So, which is a common, which is a common thing. She doesn't get paid per haircut. So the fact that there are more people coming to her business for what she's doing, this isn't a business decision. This is her taking care of her employees and the public because the Mm -hmm. public needs haircuts. Her employees need jobs. Well, and they're not even her employees. They're actually her tenants. Tenants, right. She's taking care of her tenants tenants. so that her tenants can afford, can, can number one, make a living. But in making that living, they also can afford to pay her the rent right on those chairs and thankfully that she those does. stylists are making money now yes. i mean that's that, that's what's yeah. important yeah and i think i think if businesses decided to do the right thing and stand up for liberty instead of government mandates that they would be rewarded with business as well well and i think we're seeing more and more of that um there was some some um west texas mayors that have signed a letter going to Greg Abbott saying that they're going to reopen West Texas. And it appears that they're saying pretty much is that we're going back to work. Yeah. We're going back to business. We're going to be doing the physical distancing that um, that always is going on. We're going to be doing that. And we're going to take the precautions. But our people need to get back to work. And I don't know about these particular cities in West Texas. Now, I do know that West Texas is having some outbreaks of the virus, largely related to the meat packing plants out there. And immigration. Right. But there are plenty of other places in West Texas. Um, 
Stacy Roberts, a friend of that we've known, oh, yes. out in Balmoray, had something up the other day that there was some county where they were mandating masks, and that county had not had one case <laughs> yeah. of the virus yet. Well, look at but Coriel. they were mandating. Coriel gets one case, and what does the the county commissioner do? The commissioners they they decide they're going to lock down the entire county. You, no one can come in if you don't live here. If you live here, you can't go out. So, of course, I grabbed some buddies and decided to go to Coriel <laughs> County for no reason yeah. whatsoever. And Crash in Coriel. Yes. But it's just a, it's just such a big overreaction. And I think what I worry about is this power and control is going to go to a lot of people's heads. Yes. And if if we allow them to get away with what they're doing right now, what are they going to get away with in the future? And that's what really worries me if because what worries me more than the fact that they're doing this kind of this overreaction is that the people are allowing it and that you've only got a small subset. Granted, in the Revolutionary War, only three percent of Americans took a stand against the British, too. So there's always going to be just that minority. But it, you had mentioned earlier how sheepish society is and how we're seeing it firsthand. And we are. It's not just sheepish, but it's, it's brainwashed. Because if you are one of these people that have opened their eyes, that have taken the red pill, then uh, it, you're, you're, they will attack you for it. Well, and the thing is, is that it's people, what bothers me is it's people who, yes, I have major concerns that they are so willing to give up their own rights yes. in order to submit to this control by the government. But damn it, they're they're so quick to want to give up my rights too. Exactly. And that's the thing that it's like, no, we got to draw a line here. Like I said, I'm right now probably feel like my immune system could, could potentially become more compromised than ever in my life. But I'm out here cheering all these people on. Right. And like I said, I am going to be cautious in my own right for my own situation and take things easy. I want Teresa, who's done my nails for over a decade, to be back going. I want Sanja and Nadine, who do my hair. I want them back up and running. Does that mean I'm going to be the first one there when they open the doors back again? No. I'll get there. Yeah. But I want them to be able to do that because if they're healthy and feeling good, and I trust them to be responsible because they are business owners who understand Right. All of the implications. They don't want their customers or their employees or their tenants sick. to get sick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And at the same time, I know there's plenty of people that can go into that salon that are perfectly healthy. And I do share the same deal with them and that, yeah, I can't wait to get in there and get myself kind of shaped up and looking better. And so don't don't delay this longer. And I think that the the governor, it will be interesting to see, I mean, the it's increasing, in fact, on that um, Empower Texas that I think you still have over there. Look, I think the city of Colleyville, which is up in the Dallas, it's the Mid-Cities area, Grapevine, Colleyville, just out by the airport, they opened up sometime, I think, over the weekend, too, which is interesting because Colleyville is a, is a fairly upscale, um, an upscale area. Yeah, they, it says they didn't wait for anyone's permission to reopen, and the city's residents and visitors... Uh, operate in a responsible ways, adhering to the spirit of the CDC's guidelines while getting back to a version of normalcy. So, and that's, again, that's, this is the fact that the government is keeping everybody shut down. And I, I hope people understand and look a little deeper into this. 
what the government is saying is that you are too stupid to do the right thing and take care of yourself and others. The, the public is so incompetent that the government has to do it for them because we, oh my gosh, there's, that's like, that's like, that would be like the government saying, if you see a tornado, uh, don't walk into it. I think people know not to walk into a tornado. Uh, if you see a shark, don't go swimming in there. Well, we see a virus right now. People know to do the right thing. Heck, I, we don't even have a mask ordinance here in Bell County, and yet people are wearing masks. Absolutely. Some people are, some people aren't. Right. And, uh, you know, Walmart now has these one-way aisles and everything, and it, it's just what the gut when you when you really think about it don't think about it oh well the government's just trying to take care of you well they, i i don't need the government to take care of me but what they're saying is you're too stupid to take care of yourself and let's look at this government that's saying that this is the government that's been fawning over these IHME models, mm-hmm. you know, the ones that we started out with 2 million of us were going right. to die and now we're down to about 60,000 this is the government. Let's look at a uh, And that's York. a big drop. That's not going that's from like not, 2 million to a million. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or even 100,000. I mean, yeah. we're even below that. Right. And 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 yes, a case can be made that models are only as good as the information put into them and the information changes. Yes. That is the case. But if that is the case then and you're going to use that data, then you come out and you say at this point in time we are concerned because the models project we could have 2 million Americans die. Now, we think that number can be dramatically beat because we need to do some things, some social distancing, and just take a pause here for a while in hopes of flattening the curve. You know, that was all the stuff, flatten the curve. Yeah. 15 at home, or what was the 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 thing that they kept saying 15 days at home or oh, whatever yeah. that was that little campaign thing yeah. yeah and so okay i'm i'm good with that i understand things change but they would come out every time and so unequivocally announce these numbers as though this is what it's going to be yeah. and then they come back 10 days later and well it's going to be 100,000 whoa whoa wait a minute what happened to your two million? I don't want to just sweep that under the rug. I want to know because that speaks to the track record, right? And that speaks to the whole narrative that they are peddling. If there's a doctor that has never had a heart transplant surgery be successful, would you go to that doctor for a heart transplant? Probably not. And look at what's happening now. Okay, we see that the Cases in many in many areas are starting to at least slowly trend downward. And the numbers didn't hit those numbers that they were, were claiming to begin with. We have all of these doctors all over the country. So we talked about our guys out, Erickson and his, his partner out there in California, talking about how we're identifying all of these communities where we have far more people infected which that infection rate of that number increasing means that when we divide the number of fatalities into that denominator of the number of people that have been infected, our fatality rates are diminishing Mm -hmm. significantly. Right. Significantly. So what do we have now? 
Oh, we have U.S. hospitals getting paid more to label cause of death yep. as coronavirus. Now, okay, once again here, I'm going into conspiracy territory. Or is it just critical analysis? Isn't it interesting that simultaneously as we have data, because remember the data is king. Yes. Data is telling us that we're having more people that are infected Therefore, it's giving an overall indication that this this virus is not perhaps so deadly as we once feared. Right. It still appears to be highly contagious. Yes. So, so let's Well, not... like the flu. Yes. Uh, viruses, yes. by their nature, are fairly contagious. Yeah. And so let's not diminish that. We give the due where it is due. But in order to maybe mitigate this falling fatality rate undermines the government's credibility it certainly undermines the cases for staying in these lockdowns for those who want to continue absolutely who aren't so quick to relinquish their control we're up in the numbers of people that were tagging with the coronavirus also i wanted to say this government when we're talking about you know government saying oh you need to let us control again new york this is the government that operates one of the largest subway systems in the U.S., and they kept that baby functioning. This is in a state that controls everything, just about? Right. <laughs> and they kept that functioning with massive hordes of people for weeks as this thing was breaking out and never did anything to stop that. They're the people who said, oh, yeah, nursing homes. When you've had COVID-19 patients that have been treated and released, they're coming back into your nursing home. No, we're not going to put them down at the Javits Center that's set up for this. No, we're not going to put this them out there on the Comfort, the ship that was ultimately switched over to accommodate COVID-19 patients. We're going to bring them back in to your population that's already the most at-risk population. And then when people start dying in hordes, as they have, we're going to point the finger at you, and why did you not do more to keep them separated? Yeah. So that's the government that wants to tell you what to do. Exactly. No, thank you. <laughs> so anyway, I think that about covers it for today. It'll be interesting to see what happens, and we'll have lots to talk about later. I certainly have enjoyed your being here. Do you got any last words on anything? You know, this is just me speaking. I don't want to speak for your podcast, but I... I really just would like to see people go back to their lives, ignore whatever it is that they're being told to do, as long as it's something they need. And I'm again, I don't just go out there for getting out there's sake. Now, I do because I'm an activist, and I, I go out there strictly for the purpose of telling other people to get out there by showing them that I'm out there. But, or to see what's going or, on. And to because see what's going on. Because you do have to educate yourself on right. And, and so I just think people need to think rationally, and most people do. Obviously, there are idiots in society, but mm -hmm. you know, you don't walk up to a kid that's got snot running down its nose and give him kisses on the lips. You just don't do that because obviously he's sick. Um, we, and in society, we we're not going to. You see somebody coughing, you're not going to walk up to somebody coughing or sneezing or whatever. So, be the rational person, but live your life. Don't let any government on any level dictate what you can do. You don't have to stay in your home. You don't. Life lived in fear and life worth living. Exactly. That that summarizes exactly what I wanted to say, and I don't need to say anything else. Okay. That, that says it. Well, CJ, thank you for joining me <laughs> here. Thank you for having First me. of many times, no doubt. Yes. We'll be doing it again. 
This is Political Pursuits, the podcast. I'm Lou Ann Anderson. I thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Meanwhile, stay safe, stay smart. God bless the United States, President Trump, and God bless Texas. We'll get through this. Be free. Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN.